Welcome to The Daily Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham. This podcast brought to you by our friends at SaneBox.com. And I understand the SaneBox only works for email, Mike Warren, but they may need some kind of sane device, something for the Democrats who are going out of their mind over this sixth congressional disgrace down in Georgia. Yes, Democrats all uh, all from the Bay Area to Los Angeles County are, are, are furious at what they thought was uh, a slam dunk. But the way they hyped this election was just crazy. To- so, pardon my friends at SaneBox.com, was crazy. No, it really was. Uh, th- there was this whole idea, and I think fueled by Democratic money, a lot of fundraising, uh, a lot of Hollywood types getting out there. I saw... Uh, Alyssa Milano uh, crying on Twitter uh, as the election <laughs> results came in and suggested that John Ossoff, the Democrat, the lone right. Democrat that got I, I raised over eight million dollars for a special election. Um, uh, this was this was this was a uh, a moment that I think the resistance to Trump thought was a, a great chance to get a, a win, get some points on the board, uh, and they haven't. Now they haven't completely lost yet there mm-hmm. um, John Ossoff the Democrat didn't get 50% to win outright he has now has to go in a runoff in June in this uh, metro Atlanta district uh, against a Republican uh, so Democrats still could win the seat but there was this sense of sort of deflating of uh, of the enthusiasm mm-hmm. and uh, because the idea is that it's a Republican district but a Democrat got pretty darn close, two points away from winning outright. Now, so part of the craziness to me was the you know hype of this as the election of the century. You know, right. but, but also part of it was it's a solidly Republican leaning district. The chances of a Democrat you know winning fifty percent of the vote were always kind of high. In other words, it seems to me that the outcome was the conventional wisdom, as they say, the CW. Right. But uh, you were talking to uh, some people on the ground down there who actually say Republicans aren't seeing this as the expected outcome. Right. This is sort of a harbinger for things to come. Uh, Look, this is, uh, I believe, the wealthiest uh, Republican-leaning district in the country. Uh, These these sort of uh, upper class, upper middle class suburban districts usually go Democratic. This one is different in that it votes Republican. It's becoming less Republican over the years, partly because redistricting. Remember, this is the district that was once held by Newt Gingrich, um, uh, very conservative uh, sort of suburban, but it's it's shifted a little bit geographically. And the, the, the people in the district have shifted as well in their politics. This is not a overly pro-Trump Republican district. This is a more like a Mitt Romney style Republican right. district. Um, and so the fact that the Democrat came as close as he did uh, to winning, again, two points away from winning a, a majority and winning the district outright, uh, I think uh, has Republicans going between this and the little scare we had in, mm-hmm. in Kansas four. Uh, and now we have this upcoming uh, race in Montana's at large district that Democrats seem to be investing a little bit there, too. I would say the Republicans are looking at this less as uh, less through a 2017 lens and more through a 2018 lens. Is this a sign of things to come uh, for the uh, for our Republican majority in the House uh, if Democrats can get motivated by Trump? Maybe not here, but maybe in some of these other uh, districts that Republicans are kind of uh, uh, living on borrowed time in. Sure. The, uh, I got into a bit of a Twitter kerfuffle with Jen Rubin at the Washington Post uh, last night because she was saying um, the, you know, that uh, this means nothing. Trump is still in trouble. The Republicans are going to lose the House because this district was always heavily Republican. And there are other districts where the Republicans you know, have, have a tighter margin. 
and there's there's a plenty of other places than when I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how are there enough are, have Republicans won enough swing districts to lose control of the House? You know what I mean? Wouldn't they have to lose some? leans Republican districts, too, for the Democrats to take a majority? Yes, they, they would. And uh, maybe Georgia's sixth district isn't the isn't the model district. Right. Um, again, it's more conservative, more Republican. Um, but you can see shades of this of this happening. You know, if, if you look, if you sort of break it down, looking at the district, um, there are so, there are some sort of inner suburb suburban parts sure. of this uh, closer to the city, uh, younger um People who uh, populated by people who in sort of a normal circumstance might be considered, you know, might consider voting for Republicans, but are increasingly a little more alienated from the party. They look at the party and they think, well, maybe I voted for Trump or I at least voted for my Republican member of Congress Mm -hmm. because I wanted them to go to Washington to get things done. If the Republicans start to look hapless, uh, uh, shocking, I know the idea that Republicans (laughs) in Washington would look hapless is is so foreign to us. Um, if, If they really are starting to look like this isn't the governing party that I thought I was right. electing. A lot of those people might stay home. You might have more motivated Democrats um, uh, like those who came out and voted early for John Ossoff, um, who can come out in some of these other districts. Look, there are districts out there. You can look in places like Illinois, uh, states actually that Donald Trump won, places like Michigan and mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, uh, that really are swing districts. And and, and maybe they did vote for Donald Trump, uh, but they may not necessarily be high on the Republicans, particularly as uh, health care issues mm-hmm. um, and sort of haplessness in Congress start to bubble up and Democrats try to exploit that. Yeah. When you say the Republicans might start looking hapless, the only objection I have to is the word start. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about two key players that we haven't discussed yet, uh, Michael Warren. But First, the key to getting control of your email again is SaneBox.com. How many emails do you have in your inbox right now, for example? 100, 1,000, 20,000? If your email is anything like mine used to be, the answer too many. But here's the thing. Even though I knew I wanted to do something about it, I didn't know how. I knew I'd miss something important if I just deleted everything, but there were too many emails for me to go through one by one. Then I finally learned the secret to reaching Inbox Zero and taking back my email sanity, SaneBox.com. SaneBox sorts through your email, moves all the trivial stuff into a different folder, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. Now, aside from removing all the junks, you can focus on the messages that matter. There's this great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder, and you'll never hear from that sender again. Now, because we could all use more organization in our email life, we've worked out a great deal for our listeners. Visit SaneBox.com slash Weekly Standard, and they'll throw in an extra $25 credit on top of your two-week free trial. That's right. Try it free for two weeks, and if you decide to buy an extra $25 credit, and you don't even enter your credit card information until you decide to buy. There's nothing to lose. Check it out today, S-A-N-E-B-O-X, SaneBox.com, slash Weekly Standard. So let's conclude with the two characters on the Republican side in this race. One is Donald Trump, last second, you know, robocall, uh, tweeting out, etc. And the other one is Paul Ryan, and, and an interesting argument made by the people who run his PAC that he actually played a key role in this outcome. 
Yeah, there was some uh, money spent by that super PAC. There were a couple of other sort of uh, mainstream Republican super PACs that spent a lot of money. And that got Karen Handel, who is the, we haven't even mentioned her, she's the actual Republican who will be facing off against Democrat right. John Ossoff in the runoff in June, um, kind of boosted her. And there was a lot of Republicans running, and and uh, and, and she got a lot of help from those PACs. And uh, what, they, what, the, what these PACs also found, these groups also found, is that um, uh, Paul Ryan is... Uh, uh, is still popular with uh, Republicans, particularly Republicans like in this particular district. Uh, uh, that wasn't a, a particularly pro-Trump district. Uh, there were other Republican candidates who ran who much more uh, directly embraced Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do so well. Um, uh, so that so that suggests that well, Trump. Uh, Republicans should want to keep Trump as far away as they can from this <laughs> district. On the other hand, and there's no real way of knowing this. Uh, you know, Republicans vote on Election Day. Democrats led very early on in the night when the results are coming in because they all vote early. Republicans don't do that. And that, right. that, this is a perfect example of that. But in those last couple of days, there's a lot of Republican candidates. If you're a Republican voter, you might still be trying to think about this. Or you might even be trying to decide, should I even go out and vote? Sure, exactly. I don't like this John Ossoff guy, but do I really know who's who's going to vote? To have the Republican president, Donald Trump, come out there and, and tweet several times about this, uh, to, to be calling your house, you know, in a robocall, that may have turned out some voters. So I wonder, you know, people said, oh, well, if Donald Trump, you know, gets in here late in the race, that could motivate even more Democrats to vote for John Ossoff and, and get the resistance really motivated. I don't know if there are any more votes to be gotten uh, that way, but maybe Donald Trump can turn out some more Republican votes. Uh, so. You've seen now Karen Handel has, has not really shied away since winning from mm-hmm. Donald Trump. She spoke with him on the phone. Um, uh, she There's really nothing you can do. If you're a Republican running for Congress, You, I would say the one lesson that I've heard from Republicans on the ground is that they learned from 2016 is there's no real benefit in trying to pretend like Donald Trump doesn't exist. Right. The best thing you can do is figure out the best way to manage him. Uh, and that might be saying, you know what? Why don't you go head to Montana, President Trump, rather than come down to Georgia? Uh <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there, you know, is it, is it your golf course in in, uh, in New Jersey at, at nice this time of year? So maybe that's what we'll be saying. Uh, I think it should be noted that uh, Ms. Handel has lost two other elections yes. the last two times out. I used to live in that district until last year. She's not an impressive candidate. She's no. she's one of those candidates that has the Mitt Romney problem. The more she campaigns, the less people seem to want to vote for her. That's Looks right. great on paper. And nothing against her. I mean, she's a smart person. Right. I, I agree with her on the position. She just doesn't... Whatever that Q factor is, is not her well, strength. As, as we know, uh, special elections for, for House seats, uh, the people who end up winning... Uh, you know whether it's a fluke or whether it's expected, don't tend to stick around for very long. Uh, and and so she may she may end up pulling this out in June, uh, but we may not be talking about Congresswoman Karen Handel for very long. <laughs> right. And the last thing is my takeaway is in a Republican district where I voted and was surrounded by talk radio listening Republicans, a 30-year-old kid basically living in his girlfriend's dorm room outside the district who has such commitment issues that he's been dating her for 12 years and they haven't (laughs) got married, came within a couple of points of winning it in an 18-person field outright. That's what I take away from that's, that. And if Republicans aren't afraid, aren't scared by that, they're just not paying attention. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it was a remarkable, even if it, if it sort of reverted to the mean of what we might expect, uh, Republicans should be taking note. 
Absolutely. Michael Warren, thanks so much for keeping an eye on this for us at the Weekly Standard. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Daily Standard podcast every weekday from the Weekly Standard. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com or Google Play. Give us a five-star rating. Let people know you found out about it. Leave a review. We want to hear from you. And don't forget, every Friday, it's the Crystal Clear edition of the podcast with Bill Crystal. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.